Hello, and welcome to Forward Church Online. In this weekly podcast, we hope that you'll have an encounter with God through inspired teaching and discover practical ways to help you live a life of purpose. We hope you enjoy today's message. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. If you have your Bibles, we'd like to go to John chapter 12 and verse 32. That's going to be the theme verse for today's message. Father, I just thank you for answers that have already come as we were standing here together. Answers to prayer. And Father, I thank you that there are mighty prayer warriors in this house and many other ministries across the land. And I thank you that we know how to lift up the name of Jesus. And this is what the Bible is talking about in John chapter 12 and verse 32 when Jesus said, When I'm lifted up from the earth, I will draw everyone to myself. I really believe Jesus meant what he said at all times and specifically at this time. He was referring to the fact that there was going to come a time when he was going to be on the cross. But it wasn't going to be a bad thing. It was going to be a good thing. And the good would be that he would be the drawing impact of many people that would come to know him as Savior and Lord. You know, we live in a world right now that is full of people lifting up stuff or other things or other people. But what we should be doing in the body of Christ On earth, as it is in heaven, might as well start practicing here how you're going to perform there. We ought to be lifting up the name of Jesus in every situation as you're getting ready for testing this week in our schools. Just lift up the name of Jesus. Don't forget to study. Don't forget to prepare yourself. Don't forget to plan. But by all means, lift up the name of Jesus. By all means, put his name on your lips. You'll be amazed at what will happen for you. And this is what the Bible is referring to in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. How many are there this morning? Unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me ask you a question this morning. Is there enough evidence to convict you of being a follower of Jesus Christ? I don't mean hate. I'm talking about the love of Jesus Christ. To where you can turn the the cheek. Where you can actually absorb things that people are saying and not let it affect you. For it's the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believes. Everyone includes everyone. It means to the Jew, and it also means to the Gentile. It means from, from shore to shore. It means from nation to nation. It means from tribe to tribe. It means from community to community. Everybody has access to the name of Jesus. And those that lift him up are the transformers. All right, young people and children. I remember back in the day when I was doing some mentoring with a young man here in the community many years ago. All he ever wanted to do was for me to go out and buy him a transformer. Mr. Weber, Coach Weber, go get me another transformer. 
You and I can be agents of transformation in the lives of other people when we lift him up. God wants his son to be lifted up. And if we'll lift up the name of Jesus, the rest is already taken care of. H.G. Wells put it this way. This morning, I want to share with you in just a moment three ways and three reasons why you and I need to be lifting up Jesus Christ. H.G. Wells said, I'm a historian. I'm not a believer. I like that. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Stay with me. I like the fact that there are those who did not follow Jesus Christ, but they came to a solution that's quicker than the church. Listen to what he said. But I must... But I must confess as a historian, this penniless preacher from Nazareth is irrevocably the very center of history. Jesus Christ is easily the most dominant figure in all of history. He is the centerpiece of history. Henry Morris said the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead is the crowning proof of Christianity. If the resurrection did not take place, then Christianity is false religion. Amen. Amen. The reason you're in here this morning isn't because you're in the Bible Belt, but rather because you know the stone was rolled away. But I want to ask you a question this morning. At the outset of these three simple points, has the stone been rolled away in your mind? Are the stones removed in your heart? Or are you like those Pharisees and Sadducees when they saw the woman who was caught in adultery? Oh, how quickly they brought her to Jesus with their stones. True followers of Jesus Christ carry no stones. That was free. Well, the Holy Spirit's here. That was a word for this house. You can't have stones here. Well, I don't want to grow. I don't want my mind to be renewed. My mind's already made up. Don't confuse me with the facts. Stones must be removed in your mind. And then the stones that you've carried or others have placed inside of you, you've got to release all of those stones. Oh, the Spirit of the Lord is here. If the resurrection did not take place, Christianity is a false religion. If it did take place, then Christ is God And the Christian faith is absolute truth. Come on, church. My goodness. I mean, here we have Central Florida Community College right here in our city. We have Gainesville with the University of Florida. You've got Santa Fe. You've got all of these universities. And let me tell you something. There are professors that do not want you to know there are absolutes. If there is no God, that would be Christ, then there are no absolutes. But if Christ is God and he arose from the grave, ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't matter if you like this or not, there are definite absolutes. Glory. So lift him up in this house. Lift him up in this house. Lift him up in this house. Here was a definite absolute. They're all looking at the temple. He's thinking of the temple. And he says, destroy this temple, and in three days, I'm going to raise it up. That's an absolute, ladies and gentlemen. Here's another absolute for some of you that do not want to hear absolutes. It is appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. That's an absolute. You need to get some absolutes in your backbone. Mm. 
That's another good word right there. There are definite absolutes in the Weber household. Let me explain it to you this way. If you won't carry out your responsibilities, there's no recreation. My daddy taught me that, and I've passed it down to my children. If you don't carry out your responsibilities, there's no recreation. It's that simple. Period. It's an absolute. It's the governing stance of our home. God's Word is filled with absolutes. Let me explain it to you this way. The Bible says, it said it before I read it, I read it, my dad read it to me, and I didn't accept it, but found out that it was an absolute. The Bible says light and darkness should not be together. What does that mean? That means that Christian young people should date Christian young people. When you cross over that line, you're going to pay for that consequence. There are absolutes. I don't know why God's got me stopped right here this morning. There are absolutes in the book. There's an absolute you need to hear. There's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. No, no, I'm not a hellfire and brimstone type of person. But there's no way you should walk out of here talking about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Not knowing that there's a hell to shun. Come on now, church. Come on now, church. Come on now, church. Some of you need to get some absolutes in your life. An absolute for me is this. Every day I'm in God's Word. Every day. Concrete. It's going to happen. It's going to happen before I leave home. It's going to happen if I got a moment on the job. And it's going to happen at the close of the day. I'm going to put my head in the book. Because my head has a tendency to want to lift up other things. When he's your head, your heart will be where it's supposed to be in the word. That was another word for this house this morning. Because some of you go like, you know, he acts like he hears from God. You better know it. You better know it. Am I arrogant about that? Oh, no, there's a high price to walk with Christ. There's things I've had to lay down. There's things I've had to shun. There's things where I have to walk quietly. But I tell you what, there's no greater reward than to hear the voice of the Lord. Glory. Man, the Spirit of the Lord is here. Man, the Spirit of the Lord is here. He's inviting each and every one of us to lift him up. Truly lift him up. Don't lift up forward ministry. Don't lift up anything that God allows us to do. Just keep lifting up the name of Jesus. Just keep lifting up the name of Jesus. I wish I could tell you all that it's going to cost you to lift up that name. People hate the name of Jesus. You haven't been in the book of Acts very long. If you go to the book of Acts, they said, listen, we'll release you. We'll let you move on with whatever you want to do. Just stop talking about him and don't preach in his name. Mm. But there's miracles in the name of Jesus. Signs, wonders, and miracles come through the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Listen to me. Sometimes you think I'm preaching to hope to get you fired up. I'm preaching to encourage myself because the enemy doesn't want me to lift him up. Let's look at three reasons that you and I need to lift up the name of Jesus. First of all, I want you to know that you need to lift him up because he is your risen Savior. And this is what the Bible is talking about in John chapter 11, verse 25. And Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection. And the life. And he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. I turned to Joshua uh, this morning out on the patio, and I said, do you think you're going to see your loved ones who've already gone on before? 
Absolutely. It's an absolute. I'm absolutely going to see my youngest brother again because I'm banking on, I'm banking on the Word of God. Listen to me. Until you've experienced the loss of loved ones, you won't even relate to what I'm talking about. I'm going to get to see my daddy again someday. I'm going to get to see my sister who went home to be with the Lord when I was at Hilltop in 2000. I'm going to get to see her again. She's alive and she lives evermore because he is alive. Uh. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 17. And listen, listen, if this doesn't get you excited, check your wood. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you're still in your sins. Wow. Wow. I believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I believe that Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit can transform this entire region. He can change our school systems. He can change the political world. He can change the church world. His kingdom has come, and His will will be done. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, another reason why we want to celebrate Jesus Christ as our risen Savior. God raised the Lord and will also raise us up by His power. I was talking to my mother last night, and she is... Uh, over the, over the brink. She's 90 years of age and, and she's talking more about heaven than she's talking about earth. And I keep telling the Lord, man, I'm not ready for that. Come on, church. If you're hardcore, then this doesn't mean anything to you. But eventually, I know that my mother's going to go on to be with the Lord, but I want to see her again. I'm banking not on her life, not on her experience, but I'm banking on what Jesus said. I am the resurrection. I know that my Redeemer lives. What Job said. Oh, now I know why you're kind of cheerful. You're thinking about those that have gone on before the Lord. What are you thinking about? Your time will come, and you're going to have to deal with the reality of life and death. It's a pretty sobering thing that those who you used to love and those who were around your life and that were a part of your life, all of a sudden they're gone. Will we ever meet again? The Bible says we will meet again through the blood, through the finished work. Of Jesus Christ. In John chapter 2 verse 19 it says. Jesus answered them. Destroy this temple. And in three days I will raise it up. Boy did that irritate them to no end. Here we have spent all this money. And all of these plans. And all of these blueprints. And all of this time. And all of this investment. And this man's talking about tearing down what we've built. It wasn't his to begin with. It was theirs. Uh oh. Uh-oh. Don't ever be where the Shekinah glory is not. You want to be where the Shekinah glory is present. Jesus wasn't talking about a building. He was talking about who he was. You take this down, I'm going to bring it back up. Come on, church. <clears throat> the entire plan for the future has its keys in the resurrection, Billy Graham said. Watchman Nee put it this way. Our old history ends with the cross. And our new history begins with the resurrection. You need to lift Jesus up this morning because he is your risen Savior. He is alive and doing well. And are we getting the word out? Are we getting the word out in such a way that people will know, wow, there's something different about them? Another reason why you should, each and every one of us should take the time to lift up the name of Jesus is because he is our reigning Lord. Right now he's reigning. And he should be reigning on the inside. 
I got to pull back on the throttle a little bit. I got to tell you, some of you are looking at me like, he, he, he's got way too much dynamo. I've been reading a lot by Dr. A.W. Tozer over the last two weeks, and this is what he had to say way back in the 60s. He went out the same year that uh, President John F. Kennedy went out. That same year in 1963. But way back there, he was saying then, and it fits today, that we have minimized the awesomeness and the greatness of God. But I've been looking at this concept of Jesus Christ reigning right now as Lord. He's reigning over every nation. He's reigning over this nation. Doesn't matter what the nation says. Doesn't matter what the world says. He is reigning. He's reigning. He is fully in charge. And that's why it's comfortable for many of us to really surrender as the song we sang. Because we know who's in charge. We know who's reigning. But what he wants is to be able to reign on the inside. And this is what the Bible is talking about in Daniel chapter 7 and verse 14. And to him was given dominion, glory, and a kingdom that all the peoples, nations, and men of every language might serve him. Oh, wow. And his dominion will not pass away. And his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. You can actually be living in the kingdom while you're here on earth. Today, you can be in the kingdom. Today, you can be operating in the fullness of the Spirit. Today, well, you know, in the sweet by and by. No, 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 no. Right now. Glory. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 8 says, But of the Son, he says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. And the righteous scepter is the scepter of his kingdom. No wonder Esther could walk in. No wonder Esther could walk right in. All that the king had to do was to drop that scepter and she's in trouble. Like her life would not be spared. But we know of one who's greater than that king. The king of all kings. Jesus Christ has the scepter. And he longs to bring that scepter into every situation in your life. All that he looks for is the same gusto that Esther had, we need to have. Read the book of Esther and see what she said. I'm not even going to tell you what she said. But it was a powerful statement that she made. I want to tell you what it is. Some of you know what it is. That's what God's looking for. God's looking for people who will absolutely get out of the boat and launch out into the deep. On the basis of what? That he is our reigning Lord. Not only is he our risen Savior, but he is our reigning Lord. Let me help you out right here. And help my own life out. Many in the church want him as their savior, but don't want anything to do with his lordship. Because when he's lord, you're no longer in charge. Don't you tell me I'm not in charge. I'm going to give you an absolute. You and I are not in charge. He is. He is absolutely in charge. He is Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He knew when you were coming into this world, and unless you commit suicide, which he would also know about, and you choose to take your life early, he also knows when you're going to exit. That's an absolute. I've been thinking about some deep things in God's Word about his kingdom. That doesn't make me a deep person. That just means I'm beginning to look at how broad and how big and how dynamic the kingdom of Jesus Christ truly is. And we ought to be lifting up his name for he reigns in the kingdom. 
And when he asked me to bow my knees and he asked me to get down on my knees, I don't even question it. I absolutely, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And in Philippians chapter 2, verse 10 and 11, another reason why he reigns as our Lord. That at the, this is another, I don't know, these, these words that I keep bringing up, like absolute, they're nowhere in my notes. But someone must be struggling with absolutes in this house today. Here's an absolute for you. Philippians chapter 2, verse 10 and 11. So that every, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That day's coming, church. That day's going to happen, church. But I want it to happen every day in my life. I want to bow before him, and I just want to say, Jesus, you are Lord. My knee bows, my mouth opens, and I declare you're not only the risen Savior, but you are my reigning Lord. Reign in me. Reign in my life. Because the old nature still wants to have its way. But reign in me, O God. Listen, the reign, R-A-I-N, cannot descend until he's on the throne of your heart. So stop singing rain down until he rains and sits down on your heart. Oh, there's another word. Whew. I just listened to a powerful message by T.D. Jakes this past week entitled, Sit on Me, Jesus. And it comes out of the story of Jesus calling for the donkey. And he was going to ride on that. We're talking about the king of glory. How arrogant we are sometimes. This is not about arrogance, but it's about our nature for a moment. So I told Joshua, I'm coming back to that in just a moment. Uh, so I told Joshua the other day, I said, hey, listen, you're going to be 16 pretty soon. We'll fix up old red, and that's going to be your vehicle. You know how nasty human nature is? You want to watch young people today? I, I freak out at kids who have better cars than their parents, and they're not paying for, for a thing sitting in those high schools. But the king of glory, the God of creation, the Christ man, he came and he humbled himself and he rode. He sat down on that donkey. And we act like we're just too good, don't we? But there's a day coming, church, in all of his glory. He is coming and he's going to have the privilege to hear every person ever created declare that he is Lord to the glory of his father. How many of you are parents? How many of you have ever been proud of your kids? Don't you think father's waiting on his son to be totally. Whew. Everybody has to recognize. That was your son. Oh the Messiah. That really was the only Christ. He is our salvation. Oh let our knees bow. And let our tongues confess before that day. Jesus Christ reign in me. Come sit down on my heart. Come sit down on my emotions. Come sit down on my intellect. And reign in me. As the Lord of my life. Oh let that happen today. And every day. Reign in me. Oh God. And God's people said. And in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 6, another absolute. And he has made us to be a kingdom, priest to his God and Father. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. If you are actually operating in the kingdom, many of you are priests in the kingdom right now. 
Many of you are operating in the king's role right now in the kingdom. But you will never elevate your role as a king above the king. That's what happened to Lucifer. He wanted to elevate one church. The last piece is coming. I want to share this quote with you. The Lord ate from a common bowl and asked the disciples to sit on the grass. He washed their feet with a towel wrapped around his waist. He who is the Lord of the universe. No task is too big for me. Or no task is too small that I can't do it. I'm just as good as anybody else for taking out the trash in my home, at the school, in the church. It's all about me. That's because he's not reigning. He might not even be your savior. You might be up there on your own cross. Come on, church. Well, that was good for him. He can wash whoever he wants to. But I'm not going to be like, be like Jesus, this my song, in the home and in the throng. Be like Jesus all day long. I would be like Jesus. How's your attitude every day? Don't tell me about it. Let me just watch you. Because your behavior reflects your attitude. In the book of Philippians, you won't find it on the screen. It says, have this attitude in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. When he's reigning, I don't have bad attitudes. When he's reigning in my life, my children know, man, God's at work in him. Let's pull this all together. We're talking about lifting up Jesus because he's our risen Savior. We're talking about lifting up Jesus because he is, listen closely, the reigning Lord above all lords. And then finally, we're going to lift up the name of Jesus because he's returning as our king. Not all churches are talking about the coming of the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus Christ is coming again. Not in my lifetime, brother. And I'll tell you something else, brother. I've heard so many people talk about Jesus is coming. Well, I just want to remind you, they were saying the same thing back there with Peter. Yes, and that's recorded in God's Word about those who scoffed about the coming of the Lord. But the coming of the Lord draws nigh. All we heard about when we were growing up as kids in the home was the imminent return of Jesus Christ. And I have good news for you. The devil's tried to mock me over that for 60-some years. He didn't come when you were growing up. Remember when you used to get scared about Jesus could come? Ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. When you hear mockery, it's never the kingdom. When you hear words of mockery, that'll never be in the kingdom. Oh, it's at the cross, but it wasn't Christ mocking. It was those individuals mocking Christ. Don't mock the return of Christ. Don't, don't sit and act like, no, not in my lifetime. The imminent return of Jesus Christ is still on heaven's portal. He's coming again, church. He's coming again. And you can't postpone it. He's coming again. Or you could go before his return. Let me use this illustration. I wasn't able to get back to Columbus when my brother went home to be with the Lord last May, whenever that was. But this is what he said. 
You know, I'm amazed how God's presence can be in the house. And sometimes we're so dull in hearing the word of the Lord. But see, I'm only looking at you. But I'm amazed. I stand amazed. But he's still coming. And he's still reigning. And he is the risen Savior right now. But see, we've heard so much so long that it doesn't even impress us anymore. So my brother turned to our mother and said, I guess it's obvious I'm not going to make it and I'm going to go on to be with the Lord. I just hope he spares my life so I can be here for college football. Guess what? That's not how it worked out. He went on to be with the Lord. You have no guarantee of tomorrow. You have no guarantee of tonight. If those aren't guarantees, let me give you a full-fledged guarantee, an absolute. Jesus Christ is coming again. I may not be here next Sunday. I don't know what my timeline looks like. You don't know what your timeline looks like. The coming of the Lord draws nigh. And there's a passage of Scripture that says this, Even so come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Come quickly. I call forth and I hasten and I invite the king to return. I just want him to know where my heart is. That doesn't mean I'm making it. I can't make him do anything. He's the Lord. But I want him to know down here, Lord, we're ready. If you want to come, come on. Even though you've given us a game plan for the ministry and all of that, we still would give that up just to be able to see you face to face. Do you long to see Jesus? Do you think about him when you're in the back seat? Whoa, where'd he go with that? Are you thinking about the return of Christ when you're hanging out there at the clubs, at the bars, watching movies you shouldn't be watching? Are you thinking about the return of Christ then? Uh-oh, I was with him all the way to it. Not, oh, I don't, uh, uh, not so sure about that now. The Bible says, unto them that look for him shall he appear. All she has to do is look at me and I'll appear. I'm talking about my wife. All she got to do is look my way. Of course it goes that way. Spirituality is connected to a covenant. I just wish I could go back and talk to all the old preachers from years ago so I could have brought them up to date a little bit. A spiritual relationship is the view of a covenant on earth as it is in heaven. Watch this. Husbands... Love your wives as Christ loves the church. Now, church, love Christ. Christ should be in my life. No, 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 no. I didn't say I'm Christ. But listen, she is to love back as I love first. Forget the marriage. You and I should be lifting up Jesus because he lifted us up. Why are we struggling so? I want to say that one again. I've never even thought much about it this week. He found us in a miry clay. I was a wreck. I was a mess. And he, the Bible says, he lifted me up and placed my feet on the solid rock. He lifted first. Men, as a response, I ought to lift up the name of Jesus. Is there a witness in the house this morning? Is there a witness in the house this morning? Let me give you these verses and then we're going to close and have communion. And only because I know he's alive, you couldn't have... If Jesus Christ was not alive today, you might offer me communion. I don't want anything to do with it because he's not alive. 
But we celebrate communion because we know that we're going to have another communion. It's called the wedding feast, and I can't wait. Wow. First hmm. Thessalonians 4.16, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. Last week, there was a young person, I don't believe they're here this morning, they walked out, it was actually one of the younger uh, kids, and they walked out and they said, you scared me a little bit because you were loud. Well, wait till you hear the shout from heaven. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. I was in that passage this past week, and I looked up and I said to those family members, I said, y'all won again. Because they're going to come forth. Your daughter's going to come forth before you are lifted up. If that doesn't move you, who are you? Get out of your idolatrous ways. My gosh, you should be so excited to be able to say, man, if my loved ones are going to go first and then I'm going to be caught up to be with the Lord, let's get it on. Whoo, I can't wait for that day. Man, I'm concerned about the church, the body of Christ. I'm very concerned about the body of Christ. Because I am giving to you the very essence of what the faith of Jesus Christ is all about. We are to be lifting up Christ because he is our risen Savior. We should be lifting him up because he lifted us up first. Because he is our reigning Lord. But I don't want him reigning. I'm expecting to shoot some emails. I'm going to make some nasty phone calls. I like it when people think I'm mad. Because now they know where I stand. That's because you're not letting him reign in your life. And he is coming again. He is coming again. He is coming again. He is coming again. Here, here, here again. He is coming again. I know he is. I know he's coming again. I know he's coming again. 1 Thessalonians 5.2 says, For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord shall come as a thief in the night. And the devil tried to mock that this week too. Thief of the Night first came out back in the 70s. I was at Canadian Bible College, and we used to laugh at it. It's a thief in the night. We've watched it. Where, where is he? What? That's, we, we were studying theology, and we made fun of that particular movie, Thief in the Night. He's coming. Jesus is coming. The Bible says two will be in bed, one will be taken, and one will be left. There will be those that will be working out in the field. Some will be taken, and some will be left. Better wake up, church. Oh, I'm just thinking about this, and I'm just planning on this. You better be planning for the return of the king, because he's coming. Hebrews 9, 28, So Christ once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time, without sin, unto salvation. And in closing, Revelation 22, verse 12 says, And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give every man according as his work shall be. Used to sing years and years ago, and I certainly don't want to pin you down to your seats. I wonder, have I done my best for Jesus when he has done so much for me? See, God never brought you into the kingdom. I didn't say the church. God never brought you into the kingdom so you could just come and set in whatever church you want to be in. God expects you to be involved in the kingdom. Roll up your sleeves. Let's go to work. Because your rewards are going to be based on your service for him here in the kingdom. And that's an absolute.
Give the Lord praise in the house. I want to close with a couple quotes and then we're going to get ready for communion. And I'm going to tell you what I told the Lord the other day as I was just kind of shining in on, on that passage of Revelation 22, 12. Because God knows my heart. He does know my heart. I said, Father, I'll keep working like Granny Brand, that great missionary to India. And Lord, when I get home, I don't care about any rewards. I just want to see you. And I want to thank you for lifting me up. Lifting me up out of the miry clay and all the muck that I put myself in. I just, I don't care about rewards. I don't care about accolades. I don't want any of that. You can have it all back. I want to see you, and I want to see your hands, and I want to touch your feet. That'll be enough for me. Yeah. Why did you bring that out? Because I've been around the church, and most of God's people live with hidden agendas. Boy, I can start praying in the Holy Ghost right there. Hidden agendas. Hidden agendas. It was the old king when he saw Elijah. Hast thou found me? Hast thou? He was scared out of his mind. I don't want anything hidden in my heart towards God. I don't want anything hidden in my heart towards the ministry here. I want you to know exactly what you see is what you get. And if I say to the Lord, I don't care about the rewards. I don't care about any accolades. I don't want any of that stuff. That stuff doesn't matter to me. That doesn't even build me up at all. But what I do want to see, I want to look into your eyes. I want to see your hands. And I want to touch your feet. And I want to bow. And I want to say thank you. Because you found me when the church even tried to bury me deeper. And you lifted me up. Some of you didn't get that. Lifted me up and put me on a solid rock and gave me a purpose, gave me a plan, and gave me a destiny. I want to thank you for the blood. I want to thank you for your scars. I want to thank you throughout eternity that your Father sent you, that you could redeem us from the curse of the law. Dr. Tozer said, let us be alert to the season in which we're living. It is the season of the blessed hope calling for us to cut our ties with the world and build ourselves on this one who will soon appear. George Sweeting said, for every prophecy on the, on the first coming of Christ, there are eight on Christ's second coming. Brother, I don't believe in the second coming of Christ. You ain't changing nothing. You're changing nothing. Man, sometimes you come across arrogant. Oh, no. You got to understand, worship leads you into war. Jimmy Carter said it this way, we should live our lives as though Christ was coming this afternoon. He's coming. And you know what? We live in a society right now, there's people that don't even know who Jimmy Carter was. He's still living. There's kids in our schools that don't even know who Jimmy Carter was in that era. You don't think we're not drifting? You don't think our country isn't where it should be? And all other nations? And God invites us to come into the house of prayer in his kingdom because the kingdoms of this world shall become the kingdoms of our God in Christ. There's a royal clash between kingdoms. And I have felt that this morning up here on this stage.
Pastor, I just want to be a part of the church. You keep talking about the kingdom. Yep, I'm talking about the kingdom. I'm talking about the church. I'm talking about the kingdom. Well, what is the kingdom? The kingdom is for those who want to see resurrection power. Right now. I want to, I want to see the sick made whole. Transferred. Just because you lose a game, go out and play the next one. What does that mean? Just because my brother went on to be with the Lord, that doesn't mean I'm not gonna I'm gonna stop praying for the sick. I'm gonna pray more. What does it mean to live in the kingdom? It means he's Lord over every situation that I'm gonna deal with starting tomorrow at the school. I, I don't know how you can't be here right now. And I want him to come and sit down in the academy, and I want him to reign over that academy. In a moment, I'm gonna give you a light. I think it might be necessary. (laughs) And what does it really mean for you to be in the kingdom, Dennis? It means my life is not my own. I've been bought with a price. It may cost me my life, but I'm ready at any moment to go on to be with Jesus. Because I know he's coming again. And I want my children, I want my own grandchildren to know. Christ is coming again. So there's a real clash going on in this world. And yesterday I was out painting. Day or the day before. Day before. Doesn't matter. All I did since I got out of work at school is work. Work that has to be done. So, uh, I got to get accustomed to stuff being on podcast. Because I'm just so familiar, so comfortable just talking to people. That freaks people out. That's what Jesus did. He just talked to people. So I was acting goofy the other day up on the ladder, painting the trim, acting silly, singing stupid songs to my wife, hollering to see if she'd come outdoors. True or false? True. Acting ridiculous, just stupid, just stupid, but fun. Kept my mind off of the boring thing of painting. And then all of a sudden, I just tripped inside and started thinking about the message today. And I started going over the points. He has risen. He's risen in you, son. He is reigning. Let him reign in you. Yes, Lord. And then I got excited about the return of Christ. And in my excitement, I didn't do anything silly. I was just up there painting. And all of a sudden, the ladder just went stupid on me. It just left. Paint and everything. All over the yard. I land in the bushes. Now, because I am no longer in that kingdom and I'm in his kingdom, I knew right away. Oh, oh, oh. Everything was fine when I was acting goofy, fleshy. But then I stepped over and started. I openly was declaring, and I'm catching some of it today too. I openly was declaring, he's the risen Lord. Cancer has to bow to the risen Lord. Broken finances have to bow to the reigning Lord. This is going to really freak you out. In other countries, they even call the dead back to life. Mm -hmm. The reigning Lord. And then I just got excited about Jesus is coming again. Because it's a message the church doesn't hear much about. And just like that, that ladder just went. And just like that, I was back in the flesh. Let's bow our heads, please.
The tensions are so tight, Father. The tensions of the kingdoms against your kingdom. So tight. Like they're not going to budge. They're not going to move. But I thank you that your kingdom shall win. And we who walk in the kingdom shall prosper. I thank you for the plans that you have. Not only in this life, but the life to come for everyone under the sound of my voice this morning. I thank you. Plans today, plans tomorrow, plans throughout eternity. I thank you, all paid for through your son, Jesus Christ. Today, in Jesus' name, may we answer the call to lift you up. With our heads up now, we're going to do it in sections. Sections as in the message. Those who will believe God for resurrection of situations, needs, or bodies, I invite you to stand. I'm not going to come across the front, but you're going to believe God for the resurrection power. That's what's going to happen in this house. Those who are willing to go, you know what? I, starting today, Jesus, and if I get knocked off the ladder, I'm going to do better than pastor. I'm going to clean it up and zip it up and get back up on the ladder. But I'm ready for you to reign as Lord of my life. Let me just see your hand. Just go ahead and reign. Wow. Yep. We're coming through. Good. Okay, put your hands down. Keep standing. How many will live with this view? He's coming again. Let me see. Good. Now look this way. He invites us to a moment of communion. And something's going to happen in some of you. When you come for communion this morning, something's going to happen. Like the Spirit of the Lord might say, go home and lay hands on that. Go home and speak to that. Go pray for that person. Let me explain to you this way. I walked into the hospital the other day and saw little PJ, Preston Stedman, all curled up. And the Spirit of the Lord said to me inside, he said, that's not where he should be. Not a newborn. And I'm just standing there waiting. I'm talking to mother. And the Spirit of the Lord starts talking to me. He talks to you too. If demons can talk, God can talk. I'm just trying to help you out so you know that I'm not goofy. And he said, all I need for you to do is just walk around, put your hand underneath because you can't go over the top. Go underneath, put your hand on his head and just make a real simple prayer and then simply say, He's going to be going to the fourth floor. You know, he does tell you how to do it, doesn't he? Especially when he's Lord. And that's all I did. I just walked over, put my hand on on PJ's little head, and I simply made a very simple prayer. Father, I just thank you for full recovery and breathing, and he's going to be on fourth floor in no time. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. What I just received... Uh, In the last 24 hours, he is now on fourth floor. He's not on 10th floor. He's on fourth floor. Now I'm going to show you the trip. Are you ready? Are you ready? He's empowered you to do the same thing. He's empowered you to do the very same thing. I'm not a superstar in the kingdom. I'm just like you. Just like you. You can go to a hospital and you can pray for the sick. 
and simply say exactly what he asked you to say. And you're going to have full recovery. When the coming of the Lord takes place, I want so bad to use names, but I won't do She's going to be ahead of you on the flight. <laughs> so is my brother. I'm, 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 Stephen is going to beat me out of Columbus, that gummit. Now I'm going to really freak you out. You ready for this? And he was cremated. Now you chew on that a little bit. Put that up there in your mind and start playing with that. He chose that route. Cremation. That's not going to mean one thing when it's resurrection time. Give the Lord praise. Thanks for listening to this edition of Forward Church Online. We hope this has been a blessing in your life and that you'll share this and other great resources with your friends. We want to invite you to explore our webpage at www.myforwardchurch.org. There, you'll find online giving, church events, and so much more. Be sure to connect with us on Facebook and Twitter as there's always something happening around Forward Church If you're ever in our area, we'd like to extend an invitation to come be a part of one of our live worship experiences. Thanks again for listening to the Forward Church online podcast. Have a great week.